Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, hi everyone. Welcome to the show. Hope you're having a great day and happy ADA month. You know, every July, we spend the month talking about the Americans with Disabilities Act. This year is the 28th signing. And you know, one of the reasons I do this is I just become sometimes so upset that we don't have our own history, that we don't have our history defined where you hear about it, you know, in schools. And so there are 900 hours on iTunes of this show. Someday we've got to figure out how to pull out all the history shows and get it in a school somewhere. But I want to first send out a special shout-out to my good friend Yoshiko Dart. Talk about uh, history. You know, how many people, when you walk down the street, know who Justin Dart is? Well, they should, but that's that's another example of what I'm talking about. Also, thank you, Highmark, the lead sponsor of this show, and another sponsor we have at the Silver Level is AudioEye, a great company that focuses on web digital accessibility. And last, hey, all you listeners around the world, Ireland, like is every show I'm talking about Ireland because we have such a large listening audience. I mean, thank you, thank you. And remember everyone, including you around the world, take time to go to iTunes and let them know which show you enjoyed the most. And how do I know it's going to be this show? This show, because this week is ADA week. And who better to have on the show than the honorable, great Tony Qualo, author of the ADA. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thank you, Joyce. It's great to be on the show. And yes, everybody, happy ADA anniversary. It's our 28th, um, and uh, it's something to celebrate. So it's great to be with you, Joyce. Well, it is hard to believe, isn't it, Tony, that it was 28 years ago? I mean, when I founded Bender Consulting, which, of course, focuses on the competitive employment of people with disabilities, which is a big part of the ADA and certainly what you are all about, it was only five years after it was signed. It is so hard for me to believe 28 years ago it was signed into law. First question, as a young man in Congress, did you ever think that would happen? Well, as a young man, uh, when I was staffing for my congressman, Bernie Sisk, from the same district that I represented, um, he was willing. Uh, I had seizures, and he was very supportive. And uh, I had him offer different amendments, and he was very concerned about making sure that uh, uh, we were recognized when legislation came up. And when I got elected, uh, I basically had a deal with my constituents. I basically said that I was their consultant on issues before the Congress, and uh, I've taken into consideration their input, um, and that every two years they had a right to kick me out. And I also said that on agriculture issues and water issues, which were critical issues in that uh, particular part of Central California, that I was uh, totally committed to doing whatever I could to Uh, help out. But that on a lot of social issues, uh, I would have my own views. And and I felt that something needed to be done on disabilities. And uh, I started thinking about it, offering amendments and so forth on different issues. But then I realized that, you know, this was fine, but it didn't go anywhere because those of us with disabilities... Uh, did not have our basic rights. In other words, people could openly discriminate against us because of our disability and say so, 
and there was uh, nothing legally to prevent them from doing that or no particular way for us uh, to take any action because of uh, discrimination. That means in getting a job or being fired from a job. People could fire you and say, uh, I didn't know you had epilepsy, but uh, we don't have people here who seize and, uh, and fire you. Uh, the same thing with people in a, in a wheelchair. They could uh, uh, openly say, um, we don't permit people to enter this movie theater because you could be a fire hazard. And as I always say, it's all the same thing in restaurants. People could kick you out if you were blind and you asked a question about the menu. Um, so all those things were happening, and I knew it. And finally, I decided to... Uh, what what could I do? And there was a grassroots group out in uh, University of California, Berkeley, that were very active, uh, Judy Human and others, were very active uh, on trying to come up with something, do something. I had uh, the chair and the co-chair of President Reagan's uh, Disability Council come with me, come to me one day, and I knew the vice chair very, very well. She and her husband were close friends, and they had a son with a disability. She came to me and said, we're working on this. We'd love to have you involved and so forth. And I said I was interested, uh, but only if it could be bicameral and bipartisan. Bicameral meaning House and Senate, and bipartisan, of course, meaning Democrat and Republican. Because I felt strongly that the only way the disability community could advance is by making sure it was bipartisan and that we had to have both the House and the Senate involved in whatever we did. And that's how it got started. And um, I didn't, I thought it would take longer than what it did to get it passed. Um, and, but I didn't realize uh, the opposition that came up, the leadership in the House, the Democratic leadership, basically was saying that this is too controversial and the public will revolt, and we'd really like you to pull it back. And I said no, that it was something that had to be uh, considered. I would take my chances, uh, but I felt that we could pass it, uh, but I would take my chances in, in that. And so we did. And, uh, but uh, opposition came from a lot of different folks, uh, particularly the transportation uh, uh, community, and, and, and others, and, uh, uh, but with education. And I think the one thing I've told you before, Joyce, is that when I put out my dear colleague letter saying I was putting this in and asking for co-sponsors, um, I had people come up to me, uh, Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, men, women, uh, and say, I want to co-sponsor your bill because I don't like the way my aunt or uncle, mother, father, wife, husband, child, or my next-door neighbor uh, with a disability has been treated. And I'm sure most of them hadn't read the, the letter I put out or even uh, uh, paid attention to what the bill was going to be. Uh, but they were just concerned about the mistreatment of those of us with disabilities. And that's what happened, and it's exciting. Uh, I didn't realize how quickly people would jump on board, but they did. That takes great perseverance, and that is something that, Tony Coelho, you have, and thank God that you did uh, stick with that. I, I did want to ask you one question. That day when you were on the South Lawn of the White House, when the ADA was signed, um, do you remember where you were, like where you were standing and, you know, something that you'll never forget? Do you remember any of that? No, sure I do. There were thousands of people there on the South Lawn, uh, but they had a few uh, chairs reserved for people that were involved. Uh, myself, uh, Ted Kennedy, Bob Dole, Tom Harkin, uh, Steny Hoyer. And we were sitting right in front of the platform. There was a platform where President Bush um, uh, was signing it. And uh, he also had a 
minister with uh, disabilities um, uh, with him um, and uh, the chair of the uh, advisory committee. And it was a special moment, um, particularly with the president of the United States saying, uh, let those walls of shame come down. Um, he, people don't realize the impact that President Bush, H.W., uh, I call him Papa Bush, uh, that Papa Bush, uh, uh, the significant role he played in our movement. Uh, people don't realize, though, that he had a daughter who died of a disability. And so he and Barbara were committed to our community uh, long before people knew it. And as a result of that, uh, he signed it, even though there was strong opposition within his administration to passing it or to getting it signed by him. And, uh, but he, he said no, he was going to go ahead. And I remember my conversation with him about it. Wow. Yeah, that that is an amazing, uh, especially since he was a Republican during that time. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing, his passion. But right now, I think we have a caller on the line. Do we have a caller? Yes, I'm here. Hi, this is Lonnie Sermer with Audio. How is everybody today? Hello. How are you, Lonnie? I'm well, Joyce. Hi, Thank Lonnie. You. Hi, Tony. How are you? How are you? Good. Good. Great. So I, I just wanted to say thank you. Thanks for being such a pioneer and, and a leader, Tony. Um, it's uh, just so so impactful and so inspiring. And uh, I just wanted to uh, ask today, as far as today um, versus uh, when everything was signed, how, how do you think the digital landscape is influencing um, uh, both, you know, the government and, and vice versa when it comes to um, uh, the disability community? Well, the ADA is a law, but like all laws, uh, if it's not enforced, it's just a piece of paper. If it's enforced by the Justice Department and other agencies of government, it then is a living document that has impact, it has power, it changes things. But enforcement is the key. Um, and we've had good enforcement over the years, uh, particularly the, under the Obama administration. Uh, Tom Perez was in the Justice Department, head of the Civil Rights Division, and he aggressively enforced the, the law uh, in regards to getting cities and counties and states and corporations all to comply with a law that had been in existence for several years. And that really turned things around. And as you know, Lonnie, uh, there's been an effort to try to make sure in technology um, that the ADA is applicable as well. Um, and so progress has been made. It's slower than I would like, but that's true with most laws. I've often said that, uh, look, at in the 60s, um, uh, civil rights laws were passed. But if you talk to people of color, they'll tell you that they're still having problems. Uh, women's uh, laws were passed in the 70s. But ask women about uh, uh, their problems in regards to the law and enforcement of it. Uh, the gay community and, and then, of course, those of us in the disability community. Uh, so enforcement is the key. Uh, I'm really pleased with the progress that's been made, it's now the law of the land in 52 different countries. I mean, that's a great export for us in the United States, the leader in the world in regards to disability rights. Um, and uh, so while I would like to see more, I would like to see more, uh, more aggressively in regards to the Internet, and I'd like to see it more aggressively in regards to employment, um, you know, our basic rights are there, and we're going to fight for them. And so I think we continue to make uh, uh, progress, not as much under this current administration as we did in the previous. Uh, but uh, we have been fighting, fighting back on regards to uh, some of the things that the administration has been trying to do uh, to uh, take away some of the benefits that, uh, we've had, and I, when I say benefits, I don't mean uh, give outs. Um, 
financially and so forth. I'm just talking about basic rights, uh, our basic right to participate in society like everybody else. That's all we ask. I always say uh, very aggressively, if you give me the right to be fired, um, I'll succeed. Uh, but I have to have the right to fail. And uh, and if you do that, uh, I will succeed better than most of your employees uh, because a job is everything to those of us in our community. It gives us the freedom to own or rent a home. It gives us the freedom to um, either have a car or to get transportation. But without a paycheck, none of that's possible. So... We're not asking for pity. Uh, we're just asking for the opportunity to succeed. And I appreciate what AudioEye has done in regards to making the Internet accessible uh, to those of us with disabilities, accessible for anybody with any disability um, in, in different languages. Um, it's what we need as a community, uh, what we need as a community worldwide. And so I applaud um, the effort of, of AudioEye, um, and I have enjoyed my time on uh, your board and, and the difference that uh, the company has made uh, so far and a lot more to come. And I well, thank you thank very you. much for the elaboration and taking the time to, uh, to field the question as well as uh, all of the, the support and Joyce, thanks so much for hosting such a wonderful platform for us to discuss and uh, communicate about all you, these important issues. As you probably heard me say at the beginning, thank you for being a sponsor. I, too, have very high regard for AudioEye, <clears throat> all of you, Todd Banker, Bank of Fear, um, and Carr, everyone. Uh, but I do appreciate you calling in and keep on fighting the fight. Absolutely. You can count on everybody to do that here. Okay. I see we have a line up here, Tony. No surprise. Uh, Peggy, are you on the line? I am, Joy. Thanks for Hello, taking my Peggy. call. Hi, and before you say anything to Tony, I have to announce that we will all be celebrating in Pittsburgh in October because Tony will be here to present the Tony Coelho Award to David Holmberg, uh, and we will be one of the groups, Peggy and all of us, uh, supporting and advertising that everywhere. So, Peggy, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Absolutely. Peggy, I love thinking. you. Before you say anything, I love you. Thank you. I love you too, Tony, and I was just going to say we always love it when you come and visit us in Pittsburgh. It's always very exciting. So, um, Tony, you, you know you've always been a huge inspiration to me and, and to my work. And, and um, as you know, I, I'm, I'm always a nervous Nelly about everything. And I'm really concerned about the current administration and the, and the Supreme Court and the ADA. And I'm just wondering if you could share with us what we can do to kind of help motivate, in particular, young people to make sure that they're getting out there and registering and voting and understanding the whole process and and the relationship between and the importance of the relationships between making sure that the right people are, are being appointed to those positions to make sure that the ADA protections continue and that kind of thing. Thank you, Peggy, for that question. Um, as you and I know, if you're 28 or younger. Uh, you've always had the ADA, right? And a lot of a lot of young people don't realize the fight uh, that our community went through to give them uh, this opportunity. Uh, but that was a huge fight, and we were able to turn things around. The important thing for us is to make sure we educate our young people as to the fight that that was taken, what we had to do, and what it was like 29 years ago or 30 years ago in regards to basic things. Uh, you could get fired easily. Uh, we had have curb cuts everywhere. Who uses the curb cuts? Uh, mothers and fathers with their right. babies in stroller, uh, the elderly. 
uh, delivery men and women to the stores on the block. Right. Um, I always say, and I always say, young kids on their skateboards and roller skates and bicycles and so forth. Unfortunately, but that's part of it too. And so, all the accommodations that have been made for us, our community, are accommodations that have helped society in general uh, to be able to do what they want to do. Um, Correct. And the saddest thing that's happened in the last two years in particular is that uh, ADA is not as bipartisan as it used to be. Uh, We could not have gotten ADA through uh, the Congress and signed into law if it weren't for a lot of our Republican friends. Uh, We had people on the Democratic side who were not supportive. Um, I've talked about that. Uh, But we had Bob Dole and and we had uh, 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 Senator Hatch from Utah. Um, We had Newt Gingrich. Uh, We had a lot of Republicans who were actively supportive of getting the ADA done. So over the years, over the first 25 years, um, I basically made sure that we always stayed bipartisan and bicameral between the House and the Senate. Um, and then all of a sudden, things started to change. Um, we had a problem with the disability treaty. Ted Cruz of Texas led the effort on that. And until that, we pretty much had um, bipartisan support. But that started and we lost that treaty vote by two votes in the United States Senate. We had to have 67. We got 65. We had the commitments, but Ted Cruz and others um, basically talked about the damage that that treaty would do. It would permit the United United Nations to take away our children from our home. How ludicrous. How wrong. How unfair. But it worked. And since then, it has increased. And it's not... It's not that we've done that much more. It's just that it's going at the basic rights of the ADA. Uh, An effort in the House uh, this this year tried to repeal major provisions of the ADA. Um, It passed the House, but so far it's dead in the Senate, and I think it won't move in the Senate. Uh, But it's an effort that uh, the Republican Party in the House and then trying to do it in the Senate uh, uh, is going against the very thing that uh, a Republican president and Bob Dole and other Republicans in the Senate were aggressively for. And I'm not saying that all the Republicans uh, are opposed to the ADA. I'm just saying that there's been a movement now uh, against us, and and that's not good. Uh, For instance, those of us with disabilities... One of the most critical things for us is pre-existing conditions. As someone with epilepsy, if the Affordable Care Act were kicked out by the Supreme Court, um, I then would have no right uh, for uh, health care because I have a pre-existing condition. And that's true with millions of Americans right. uh, that would be... Uh, who would lose their health insurance. So this is critical. And what do you do about it? What I say, and I'm not partisan on disability issues, but in this case, I say get out and vote. Let's make sure that we elect people to the Congress in these midterm elections, people that support disability rights, not people who want to take them away from us. But we in the disability community have to organize, have to register to vote, have to vote and make a difference. Um, that's what's key. Uh, and then in same thing in 2020. But right now it is really important because if we were to prevail and, and have a majority in the House of Democrats and Republicans who are opposed to uh, doing away with major parts of the ADA, Uh, we would probably be able to influence uh, the government in all their different agencies and so forth. But right now, there's no block except for advocates, except for those people willing to lay down their lives to try to stop stuff like this. Those of us who speak up and speak out, that's the difference, and that's 
you know what you do, Peggy, and that's what I appreciate uh, you and the Epilepsy Foundation of Pittsburgh uh, in making sure that people hear your voices. So I love you and appreciate you for it. Well, we certainly love you, and we certainly appreciate everything that you've spent your entire life doing for for people with epilepsy and for people with disabilities, Tony. So thank you very much, and, and we really look forward to seeing you in October when you come to visit Great. us. So, I will thank be you. Thank, thank you. you, Joyce. Hey, thanks, Peggy. Thanks for calling in. Well, we have several callers here. We have, Tony, you're going to be so excited about this, one caller on every show. Every show, we have a segment called Advocacy Matters. And for those of you that do not know, I have known Tony since like 1998 or seven, and uh, he has had a tremendous influence on me in my life and one of those things is advocacy so tony we have like a news break like a cnn news break every show on advocacy matters and perry jude radisick who is the ceo of the disability rights network of pennsylvania is on every week perry welcome to the show Hey, thanks, Joyce, and and thank you, Congressman. We have always appreciated everything you've done, and we will continue to fight uh, to keep uh, all the provisions of the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, uh, alive and and working for people with disabilities. And to celebrate the 28th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, our community is rallying together this Thursday – for National Call-In Day for the ABLE Age Adjustment Act to increase the age of the ABLE Act. And again, it's a National Call-In Day this Thursday, and we want all of your listeners, Joyce, to know about it. Uh, As we talked about on your show a couple of weeks ago, the ABLE Act is known as the Achieving a Better Life Experience, and it permits individuals with disabilities to set up a tax-favored account to save money for and pay for disability-related expenses. And we know these ABLE Act uh, accounts uh, don't, aren't, aren't taken into consideration when determining eligibility for SSI and Medicaid. But unfortunately, Congress set an age limit on who could set up these accounts when it was passed, and it limited the age to age 26. So uh, 159 organizations are calling on Congress, including uh, NICL, Disability Rights Pennsylvania, NDRN, the ARC, and so on, were calling on Congress to increase the age threshold from 26 to 46 uh, to be eligible for these uh, accounts. And so our call-in day is this Thursday, July 26th, the exact anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So we need all your listeners to call in on uh, this Thursday to raise the ABLE Act age to 46, the, the number where you can reach your senators and House members is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. Thanks, Joyce. Wait a minute, Perry. Perry, Perry, I'm sure it's also on your website, right? Is it on your website? Okay, you want to tell them the website? website. Yes, and our website is disabilityrightspa.org. That's disabilityrightspa.org, and the number again is 202-224-3121, and please, advocacy matters, so does your help in raising the age of eligibility for the ABLE Act this Thursday, National Call-In Day, the exact anniversary of the ADA. Perry, thank you so much for calling in, keeping all of us up to date on what's going on in this country as relates to disability, and we will look forward to talking to you next week. Hey, thank you, Joyce, and thank you, Congressman. Thank you. Okay. We have another caller on the line. Lydia, are you on? I'm here. 
Hello, Lydia. Hello. How are good you? Good to see you again, Joyce. I'm good. Good to see you, you from uh, at the uh, conference. Yes, right. Well, go ahead. Would you like to, uh, I remember you, Lydia, would you like to talk to the congressman? Yes, um, congressman, yeah, I appreciate yeah, your, I, I'm great. Um, I appreciate your comments about enforcement of the ADA, and my question actually revolves around that. Um, it seems that there's a sort of a loophole um, with enforcement where um, if there's been discrimination that's taken place that um, a person has to actually drop their complaint if they accept, um, you know, a severance or something like that. So, in effect, it seems that companies are, are basically getting away with that. And so, we're missing opportunities to really bring to light what's going on with disabilities. Um, is there, how do you think that we can really um, address that? I think, you know, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so pardon me if I get this wrong and lawyers that are on the line say immediately he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, but I think that, that in, in just not only disability, but when an action is brought, uh, that if there's a settlement, um, everything is dropped. Um, and so I don't think it's a particular to disability rights. I just think it's part of, of the legal process. And so it'd be much bigger than uh, changing it for disability. I think it'd be changing it, uh, and I think that'd be probably impossible to do, but I don't know, and I don't want to uh, state anything categorically on this, so I'm sorry. Well, I think, uh, thank you, Tony. And Lydia, I don't know if you heard uh, the last caller, but I would absolutely go to that website. Uh, just just calling your senator and congressman is what makes a difference. And Lydia, I want to. Did I meet you at the Disability Inn conference? You did. I'm a rising leader. I remember you. There you go, <laughs> a rising leader. What more could you want than a rising leader calling in? See, Lydia, you are already taking that step. Thank you so much for calling in, and you better keep in touch with me. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you, Lydia. That was one of the college students with a disability that is part of the Rising Leaders Program. That is so awesome that she called in. That is great. And I hope this is the Jill that I think it is. Jill? Are you on the line? Yes, I am. It is the Jill. And I just I called in because I wanted to say thank you. Thank you to Tony. Thank you for, for authoring the ADA. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for giving birth to Disability In. And just thank you for everything that you do every single day to advance disability rights. Well, I... I'm, for the listeners, I am one of Jill's biggest fans. Um, she took USBLN, that has now been rebranded, to Disability In, which I love, um, and made it into something at the conference that I was at in Las Vegas uh, for uh, this announcement of the branding. There were 1,800 people uh, at the conference. Um, and that means all kinds of businesses, Microsoft, Apple, you go across the board, all the big companies that have uh, uh, started hiring people with disabilities. And that's what Disability In is all about, is recognizing those companies uh, that uh, do place people with disabilities in, in jobs. And so Jill has made a huge difference in the lives of hundreds and hundreds of people uh, with disabilities. And I love her for that because that's what it's all about as we go through life is try to make a difference in the life of one person or, or more. And Jill has done that for many, many people. So I love you and thank you for that. 
Well, I thank you, and I thank you for the difference that you've made in my life and and in everybody's life, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And um, we're just we're, we're going to keep on keeping on, and um, and grow more Lydia, uh, because these these uh, next gen leaders are where it's at, um, and they're going to take us. They're going to they're going to build on the on the foundation that you've that you've built, Tony. And um, thank you doesn't even do justice. Uh, I love you right back, well, uh, Jill. Well, I, I think mean, having that rising leader call in is an indication of the success of your program because, as I said earlier in the call, is that those 28 years and younger um, didn't know life without the ADA. Um, And so uh, educating her and others about what this fight is all about and making sure that those 28 years and younger uh, realize that there's still a fight, that we have to maintain our rights and uh, as in the advocacy call, is make sure that uh, that our rights are extended and so forth. And as I've said many times, uh, we're not looking for handouts. We're just looking for the opportunity to participate in society like everybody else. Yeah, and I, I just want to say uh, I agree with you, Tony. Uh, Jill Houghton is the CEO of Disability and formerly known as USBLN. She is the most phenomenal person. I mean, she has taken this, uh, I mean, that conference in Las Vegas and next year in July, it's in Chicago, but it was phenomenal. And she's just the most wonderful person. And, you know, Jill, I'm just so proud of you and everything that you've accomplished. And as Tony said, I'll bet you were dying when you heard a rising leader called. That made my heart sing. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I know. my mailbox is just getting full. I mean, like, at, the, at Disability Inn uh, two weeks ago, 34 jobs were offered on the wow. spot to these, wow. to these leaders. And, and now there's more, there's more job offers coming in uh, from people like Bender Consulting. Um, so, so thank you. Oh, thank you. And again, when is that conference next year, Jill? We will be in Chicago, July 15th through the 19th, 2019. For more information, visit disabilityin.org. And I also want to thank you, Jill, for the rebranding. Um, I mean, we are people with disabilities. That's it. That's the bottom line. It's not called the Americans with Differently Abled Act. Um, and, you know, and I'm not ashamed that I have epilepsy or a disability. So thank you. I love that name. Thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Love you both. Love you too. Okay, so here we are with Congressman Tony Quello, and so far I have only asked him one question because <laughs> I'm fighting with all these people calling in. So, Tony, I'm moving on because if there's one thing I do have to talk to you about, it's epilepsy. And, you know, I was just thinking when Joel was calling – you wow, you have impacted so many things, which I know you know that, but the ADA, um, the census, you know, I don't know if you all know this, but Tony got us disability put on the census, which is what allowed Section 503, which he also worked on for you know, like 25 years, and of course now uh, it is past. But you just heard, you know, the rising leader and Jill call in. I don't know if you know this, but Tony, this is what she was alluding to. Tony was the chair of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities and reported to President Clinton. And, and that's when I met him because he asked me to be on uh, the President's Committee. And he had this little tiny group that worked on business. And that little tiny group became 
the USBLN, now known as Disability Inn. I mean, you know, I can't begin to list everything, but here's epilepsy. You have done so much for people with epilepsy, but what I wanted to ask you is epilepsy. How has having epilepsy related to your life serving as a politician and and just life in general? I mean, uh, you know the stigma attached. So how do you feel about living with epilepsy? Well, Joyce, I say without reservation, uh, I thank God for my epilepsy. It has made me a better person. It has made me a person that understands what people, a lot of people go through, uh, the choices that you have to make, uh, the discrimination uh, that comes about because of a disability that you have, which I like to refer to as stigma. Um, stigma has impacted so many people. I know people who have committed suicide because of the abuse um, stigma. And so um, I, I, I love the fact that, uh, I won't tell the story, but when I was suicidal, um, it was because of everything that had changed for me that um, uh, I got rejected in the priesthood. My family rejected my epilepsy. I couldn't get a job. And, uh, and, and then you wonder, why live? Uh, and that's when I became suicidal. Um, but I'm in a place now where my disability has made me into a much better person. Uh, I listen to people. I understand people. Um, uh, I, I understand that in a lot of situations um, that we face uh, absolute uh, discrimination. And a lot of it, I have to honestly say, is out of ignorance, um, out of fear uh, of the unknown, uh, wondering uh, if somebody with a disability can do X uh, without thinking about what is it that we can do. That's what's important, not what somebody can't do, but what it, what it is that people can do. Um, that was the situation with women for years, as we all know. Women, uh, which felt, couldn't uh, be in combat. Women uh, uh, couldn't head up a major corporation. Um, women didn't have the right to vote. Women didn't have the right to own property. Um, and all that has changed. You know, I, I am one of those. I, I love our government. I love the United States. Uh, uh, we are a beacon uh, throughout the world of the things that we've done for not only ourselves, but set the example for people throughout the world. And uh, I'm so proud uh, of that. Uh, and so it, it's for me... Uh, my epilepsy is something that uh, I don't wear a neon light because I think that uh, then is a negative uh, because it shows that you want uh, um, everybody to feel sorry or whatever. Um, I wear it proudly. Um, I talk about it when I can. Um, I use the pulpit whenever I can to speak up about it. Um, and so many people today with epilepsy uh, have a situation where they'll have uh, multiple seizures in a day or multiple seizures in a week, and their quality of life is way down. I still have seizures. I've had seizures for uh, 60 uh, years and, and have had one recently. Um, I, I'm with medication, so... Uh, they are not as severe as they used to be and not as often as they used to be. Uh, so I'm one of those lucky ones uh, that I have things pretty well under control uh, and I'm a better person as a result of it. So um, I'm very, very happy about my epilepsy. And I'm sure it's amazing to many people to hear anyone say, I thank God for my epilepsy. I'm sure that is but that is, I have to say, something integral to what has made Tony such a champion 
a civil rights champion, and just a great person. It's amazing how that thing that so many people hate, and Tony, I'll ask you, across the board, not just with epilepsy, uh, but I'm using epilepsy as an example, how prevalent do you still believe stigma is? Oh, I think it's real. I really think it's real, and I think that um, uh, even people with epilepsy, some people want to change the name because uh, of the stigma. And I say, how do you get rid of stigma if you, if you run from it? Um, how do you get rid of stigma if you're not willing to say who you are, uh, to say what you have? Um, you, can't, you can't run from it. It's there. But you know what? It's really so important for those of us with epilepsy, you and I, Joyce, uh, to uh, speak up about the stigma, to speak up about um, what is happening today. I, I, I get excited about what medical marijuana is, is how it's helping, uh, particularly young people with uh, seizures and reducing the number of them. I don't think people appreciate it's not just the individual that's having a seizure that's impacted. It's the loved ones. If, mm-hmm. if a young child is having mm-hmm. several seizures a day, just think the impact that has on the family. Uh, it's huge. And so I think that it's important for us to understand um, what goes on, not just with epilepsy, but all other uh, disabling conditions where uh, it, the family or loved ones are as involved and included in uh, the stigma as much as we are. So it's there. It's something that we can't run away from. It's something that we must fight. We must educate. Um, And uh, progress is being made, but it's still there. And unfortunately, uh, in some religions, uh, they have not uh, accepted it, and that's a real problem as well. Yeah, yes, that is. I agree with you. Um, And that's why I tell people, especially parents that tell a child, don't tell anyone. I say, well, then you're telling them it's terrible. It's bad. You know, until people will talk about it and speak up about it, you know, we're not going to get change. So I agree with you on what you're saying uh, 100%. Well, I have an idea before the end of the show that I want to announce uh, on this show today, and that is that I was thinking about this week, you know, being the signing of the ADA July 26th and about this month. But I was thinking about what is that all about? And one thing it's all about is employment. And what I would like to start having every July is the Quello Challenge. Now, Tony had this challenge once before, but it was about getting people from the blue states and the right states to work together. And, you know, sadly, you see what has happened there. Um, It's very sad. And actually, he had a band made that said, um, uh, being positive, think positive and epilepsy foundation and it's red and blue how do i know that i bought several and i'm wearing one right now i've been wearing them all those years since tony did that but my new challenge is that during this month and really concentrated on this week but during this month you should see how many people with disabilities you could extend job offers to and i actually told that to a lot of my customers, I said, isn't this a great week to extend an offer to a person with a disability? And isn't this a great month? Uh, And I think that, you know, we should kick this off at uh, Disability Inn or wherever. But I think every July should be the Quello Challenge. Tony's the author of the ADA. As Tony always says to me, this is one needle that has not moved, um, and I just think it would be great because Tony is all about employment. So, Tony, don't you love when I do these things without asking you? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's a great idea. 
Um, I think that, uh, as I said earlier in the show, that a job is everything. Um, it gives you the freedom uh, to uh, participate in society like everybody else. And, and people need to uh, consider what we can do as opposed to what we can't do. Um, you know, I can't uh, drive an ambulance or a police car. I can't fly an airplane. I accept all that. Uh, I have a right to, I guess, kill myself, but I don't have a right to kill anybody else. Uh, but, man, there are things that I can do that people who don't have a disability can't do. And I'm proud of that. And that's true with all of us, um, is give us a chance to do what we can do and give us a chance to succeed. Because then we can not only participate in society, but we can help others. Uh, so that's what's really important in my view. And Tony has fought this fight. Remember I told you how long I've known him? Of course, he was doing it when he didn't know me. But I can tell you, he lives this. He lives this. It's not that like he never talks about it and then he speaks somewhere. Then he never does anything. This is all the time. I mean, I can't tell you, Tony, how much I love you. Um, and what a great role model you are for me, because you have never, ever given up. And for those of you that think people with disabilities maybe are weak or can't do it, oh my, my God, you're so full of it because you should meet Tony Coelho. I mean, this man is the traveling man. He travels constantly, speaks constantly, and you know... He still knows all of these people in Congress and the presidents and everyone. And that just shows you what Tony said is true. Epilepsy is part of who we are, but it certainly does not stop him from going forward. And Tony, isn't that true? No, it's Would true. You- uh, it's, it's my ministry. It's my passion. Um, it's something that um, I'm all about. Um, and I, I, you know, I jokingly say all the time, just because I was denied interest to entry, entry into the priesthood doesn't mean that I can't wear a collar. Um, I believe in firmly that all of us have an obligation, uh, to make a difference in somebody's life. And, um, I believe that I think it's the right thing to do and it can be, uh, anybody, but as long as you think out of your own box and you think of others and how you could help somebody else. I think that's why we're here. And it's definitely the way I feel. Oh, I know you do. And Tony, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Joyce, as usual. You do a great job. And I, I sincerely appreciate it as hundreds and thousands of other people do as well. So thank you again. Oh, and I I love you, and we end every show with a quote from someone we have believe has impacted the world. So today, that just has to be only one person, and that person is Tony Coelho, who said, and he taught me, when you get a chance to take the podium, speak up, said. Tony Wellow. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.